This is the marketing podcast for financial advisors with Claire Aiken. Claire is the founder of Indigo Marketing Agency, a full-service marketing firm tailored specifically to financial advisors. She delivers complete proven marketing strategies with a minimum investment of your time. And now, here's Claire. All right, and thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Marketing Podcast for Financial Advisors. Today, I'm really excited to have one of my mentors, Mary Beth Kuzmeski with Red Zone Marketing on the program. And I'm so excited to welcome Mary Beth to the show because when I was a financial advisor about 10 years ago, I saw Mary Beth speak at an LPL conference in San Diego. And I was so blown away by her branding and her marketing that I copied it. And I, I totally modeled my firm after hers. So she is red zone marketing. And when she speaks at advisor conferences, she wears red and she's so memorable. She talks about you know football analogies. She's a Packers fan. And, you know, she was wearing a bright red dress and I completely remember that presentation. And I think that's so unique and so cool because how many conferences do we go to as advisors and how many breakout sessions do we see and how many do we actually remember the presenter? That's probably the only one in years of conferences that actually remember her. And so I created my firm, Indigo Marketing. I always wear blue. There's blue everywhere on my website and I hope that it's memorable um, in the same vein. And so Mary Beth, welcome to the program today. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Yeah. And so Mary Beth helps, you know, what she does so great from a branding perspective, she helps advisors to do for themselves. And so she works with large RIAs and, you know, advisory firms, and she helps them to be memorable and to stand out from the crowd because there is so much noise out there. And to an average consumer or investor, all financial firms look alike. And so it's so critical to um, position yourself as something different so that people can refer you because we know you know most of your new clients are going to come to you through referrals. That's the number one way that people choose a financial advisor. And if people can't remember who you are or what your name is or what you do, how are they going to refer you when they come across someone that needs your help? So that's really what Mary Beth helps uh, advisors do. And so she has a PhD in business. She has written seven books, including the bestseller, The Connectors. She's an international keynote speaker. You've probably seen her speak at conferences. Um, and she helps advisors all over the country to position themselves, communicate what makes them different, and to stand out from the crowd. So Mary Beth, I just wanted to welcome you and ask personally, you know, what are you excited about this year? What's going on in your life? Well, thank you very much, by the way. And um, what's going on in my life? There are so many things going on in my life. I have started teaching at a university and it's a sideline thing. It doesn't really take away from anything that I'm doing, but it's super exciting. I'm teaching, I teach at uh, Columbia University in the summer and then I teach at Oklahoma State University, which is where I got my PhD because they have a, a unique executive PhD program. Um, they asked me to come and teach and pilot this whole new class on the principles of marketing. And it has been so exciting putting all of this stuff together. And um, I'm thrilled because, you know, uh, when we work with financial advisors, that's it, it's awesome. And it's very fulfilling in many, many ways. But to then be able to take what I've learned in marketing over my entire career and share it with young students, it's a different, they have a different perspective on everything. And it's really awesome. And I absolutely love it. And I feel like um, we're going to, we're going to bring a lot of new, amazing marketing people into the world. So that's, uh, that's what's exciting to me. Congratulations. That's awesome. And so just talking about marketing, I know you and I are both so passionate about marketing and we both, you know, 
help advisors with their marketing. We also have other ventures where we you know, are just immersed in this marketing world. Tell me a little bit about where you see the biggest opportunities for financial advisors from a marketing perspective. Well, I think that what has happened over, I don't know, maybe the course of the past five years, compliance has changed a little bit. And I'm not sure that the advisors necessarily have uh, lock and step changed as well as compliance has. Today, it's a lot easier to use social media, even though advisors think it's impossible. It's not impossible. You know that, Claire. You built your business upon doing great things for advisors and social media. Um, I think that lots of compliance has changed and it's giving us the opportunity to really stand outside. I think we were so afraid of compliance before that we would just be very black and white, or as I say, a gray suit against a gray wall and nobody could see you. They couldn't find you when they really needed you. But that's how we kept everything in line. And I think today, without going outside of compliance's boundaries, we can actually find ways to stand out and be memorable, just like you were talking about my brand and your brand. The idea is to be memorable because that's what people are going to take away. And when they're thinking about, boy, I really need a financial advisor. Ah, I did meet that one person that one time and it's stuck in their mind. And that is exactly uh, what we need to do because a lot of things in marketing are not necessarily um, you know, sending out direct mail and hoping that you're going to find, uh, you know, you're going to find some new clients. It, it still is very referral based. And so a lot of the marketing tools and strategies we use are to build upon referrals. And I think it's a better opportunity than it's ever been before because of the slight loosening of compliance. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And it's so funny because you know, four years ago, we could only work with some of the larger independent, you know, RIA firms or the larger independent broker dealers. But now I'm even working with clients from big wirehouses, um, you know, places like New York Life, where social media was, you know, a four letter word. Um, and now they're able to do social media marketing, they're able to do content marketing, they're on Facebook, they're on LinkedIn, they're on Twitter. And so compliance has really gotten wise um, to the you know, developments on social media. They've realized that it's, it's not dangerous, it's easy to archive, it's easy to supervise. And so we don't need to be afraid of it anymore. And so I think that's a great development that I'm excited about as well. And, and like you said, you know, it's a referral game. And it's not only referrals, but it's also many, many touches between when somebody becomes aware of your firm and when they actually call you to schedule an appointment. They're not going to just, you know, see your website one time and call you up and make an appointment. They have to be exposed to your firm probably seven, eight, you know, 10 times before they actually decide to make an appointment. So we've always known that. But what social media does differently is it allows you to stay in front of them in a cost-effective, easy manner so that you can continue to build your relationship and nurture those prospects and push them along the pipeline to the point that they're ready to schedule an appointment. So that is awesome. And so... One of the things I get a lot of questions from advisors about is how to really, you know, be different. There are so many, there's about 300,000 advisors in the United States and a lot of them are the same, you know, so how do you help advisors to stand out from the crowd and to truly be different? Well, the first thing that we have to do is figure out what really is different about your firm, because a lot of advisors will say, well, we provide really great service and that's what's different about us. And that might actually be very true, but it's not necessarily something that is going to really help you stand out. 
And the reason for that is, is because everybody's saying the same thing. And if everyone's saying the same thing, it really doesn't allow you to stand out. So what we do is we focus on figuring out what is it about what you're doing that really is different. It might be the people in the firm. It might be the culture of the firm. It might be uh, the, we have a firm that we work with and they are the smartest people that I've ever met. And how do you say that? Well, we're really smart. We like to help people. And so the whole goal is to find that uniqueness and be able to really expose it and exploit it. And I mean that in a really positive way, because if people don't know how great you are, how possibly can they make that decision to come in and see you? And we usually start with what that, what that core is, what's your core messaging, what's your differentiator, and then we work it into the website next. And so your website shouldn't say we work with individuals and families and businesses, helping them with blah, 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 because that just is a gray suit against a gray wall. Everybody says that. What you need to say is what really differentiates. We like to use words that are that clients actually use. We we take the the um, I don't know if you remember the old uh, Verizon commercial, and uh, there was the the guy who was now on the Sprint commercials, but he used to pop up like out of manholes and in the middle of the desert and in all these crazy places in the middle of the city, and he would say on his phone, "Can you hear me now?" He was testing the Verizon network. But he was saying, can you hear me now? Because that's what we were all saying. We were all saying, oh my gosh, this phone doesn't work. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? And when we saw the commercial on TV, we go, oh my gosh, that's exactly me. I need to go to Verizon because I need someone to be able to hear me when I'm actually using my phone. And so we take two different tacks. The first is we need to use words that your clients are actually using. Clients do not talk about their quote assets. They talk about their money and their savings. And they talk about things that are way different. We don't talk about, well, I'm, I'm really afraid I'm going to outlive my assets. Nobody talks like that in the real world. And so the key is how do we use the words that our clients are using so and our prospects are using so when they come and find something that we've put out there on website or social or someplace, an article we've written, they go, oh my gosh, that's me. And so part of it is figuring out what the want is and figuring out what that what that is that is going to actually connect with them. Uh, for instance, with business owners, business owners don't want 401ks. They need them, they don't want them. So if we go, well, we do 401ks for business owners, it's, it's doldrums because they don't actually want that. Now they need it and we can always give it to them later, but in order for, a good, for good marketing to work, it's gotta be focused on the want. Every business owner wants revenue today and to eventually sell or transition that business in the future. And so if you have any information on those two things, that's really great. And a lot of advisors help uh, business owners get to that point where they're ready to sell their business and business succession planning for business owners and valuation and all getting all of that ready and then being able to help them once they sell that $25 million business. And so instead of going in with the need, we go in with the want. So we're, we're actually giving them what they go, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I want. And that's what marketing is supposed to do. People don't want financial plans. They want whatever it's going to do for them. And the second thing that we do to, to really help to become memorable is not, not just using the words that our clients use, but using completely different words that typically financial advisors don't use. So when they get to your website, they go, wait, this is different. Wait a minute. 
So you're either going to get them because you're speaking their language or you're going to get them because you're, you're stopping them in their tracks. Uh, there's a financial advisor website that says, you know, um, financial services is meticulous and beautiful. And it's like, are you kidding me? That is not how people typically talk about financial services. Uh, and so being able to either describe something that is totally different using different words, not regular financial services, comprehensive financial planning words, or you've got to reach them exactly where they are with the want. So those are the two things that we really work on going deep. And sometimes we do both. And sometimes it's just one uh, with a firm. I love that. That is so great. And so, yeah, one of the things that we do for our advisor clients is we run client surveys for them each year. And this is so powerful because it gives us the words of their clients. So each year, you know, we do a survey that says, how happy are you? You know, what's your favorite part about working with our firm? Why did you choose us instead of a competitor? And the answer to that question is key for their marketing. You know, why have you referred business to us or why haven't you? And so the answers to these questions are beautifully put in the client's own words of why they work with an advisor. And you know what I never hear as a response to those questions is because the return on assets is higher than the advisor down the street or the fees are lower. (laughs) Yet there's so many advisors out there saying, we have better investments or we have lower fees or we have better service or we have a better way to plan your retirement income. Clients just don't care about that. What they care about is that they were referred by a trusted friend or that the advisor seemed to understand their unique circumstances or some other reason that has to do with them, not about their money, not about you, not about your processes. And so that's what we really want to focus on from a marketing perspective. And I think that's so great that you help advisors to really pinpoint what makes them different. And it, it doesn't have to be, you know, that they work with divorcees or employees at a certain company. It could be, you know, who they serve and how they do it. I work with one advisor out of Omaha where they have fresh baked cookies in their lobby every single day and they wear, you know, business casual kind of farmer dress because that's what their clients wear. Their clients are wearing button up shirts and jeans. And so that's how they dress. And they have, you know, warm cookies waiting in the lobby. And so that's what they do differently. I also worked with a firm that on their website front and center, I was so proud of them because it said, we work with nice people who save money well. And that's who they love to work with. And God bless them. You know, they, they identified that they want to work with nice, positive people that are good savers. And that could be your niche. You know, if that's what you love to do and that's who you love to serve, that could be the perfect niche for you. So it doesn't need to be dramatic. It doesn't need to be alienating people who don't fit into that group. Uh, it just needs to be, you know, personal to you. And it needs to be something that you're passionate about. Right. And the other thing is that it seems like uh, in, in, Clients don't always say it like this when they're asked the question, why did you choose this advisor over this other advisor? Um, I just liked them. And they don't typically say that, but we know that that's such a big part. I just liked them. And I consider this a really big, huge factor because if you look at an advisor's LinkedIn profile or their website, you know they're talking about how much money they manage and how many awards they won and how many years they've been in the business and all of these kinds of things. That is exactly what we expected. But there's a little secret that the clients know that this person is super funny or they're likable or they're so friendly or I go in there for an you know when I don't even have an appointment to have a cup of coffee with them because I just love them and the way that they've you know, done all these meaningful things in my life. And none of that comes through in their marketing. And and one of the ways that we can do that and truly be memorable, and the only thing sometimes that differentiates us is our own personal story. My story is the only thing that differentiates me from someone else who does what I do. Because 
I mean, it's not all that much incredibly different, but the difference is, is my story and how I got here and how I'm going to move forward and my why, right? The Simon Sinek, what's my why? And when we can pull that out of advisors, all of a sudden you're tipping your prospects off to something your clients already know that, wow, you're really likable. And you're different than the other advisors that I, that I see online or that I, you know, have met in the past or whatever. And those are the kinds of things that we have to get out there. Absolutely. I totally agree. My dad is, is one of these advisors that struggled finding, you know, his niche and his specialty and what made him different. And what really makes him different is that he cares about his clients so much that he actually, he's a caretaker at heart. And so he goes to his clients' houses and meets with them and helps them move furniture. He takes them to pick out their new cars. He just recently was taking a little old lady to the DMV, but it's hard to communicate that through your marketing, right? And so he started with his sales and his referral process, having his referral process be such that he took his existing clients out to breakfast, coffee, or lunch to meet their friends or somebody who they wanted to refer because he needed that transfer of trust. When people said, oh, he does a great job with our investments, that's not compelling to the prospect. But when they sit down with him for breakfast and the clients say, Tom helped me to, you know, pick out my new car or, you know, when my husband died, Tom helped plan the funeral, then people start to get it. Oh, wow, this advisor is more than an advisor. This is what makes him different. And that's how my dad now gets his new clients is through that transfer of trust. And that's the way that he really imparts on his prospects, you know, what makes him truly different. And so whatever it is for you, it's important to find that out and build that into your sales process and your marketing process. Um, so yeah, so thank you for that insight. That is super helpful for advisors. And so I just want to ask you kind of the big question out there, the elephant in the room, how can advisors use marketing today to get more clients? Well, as we were just talking about, you know, a lot of new business comes from referrals. Now it's not, it's not the same way as it used to be where, um, you know, somebody says, Hey, you need to go see my advisor. And they would just walk in and see you. That's just not how it works anymore. Um, how it works is somebody says, Hey, you know, here's some information about my advisor. And they talk about all the great things this advisor has done. And the first thing they're going to do is Google search you. And, um, it, it's not, so it, your reputation is really important, but your online reputation actually supersedes your regular reputation because they're going to go online and see what they see. And they're going to, they're checking you out. And by the way, they're not checking you out to figure out all the reasons that they should go in and see you. They're trying to find any reason not to. And, and I, I say that with all due respect, because we know, Claire, you, you know, you and I know all the value that the advisors bring, but to change financial advisors sometimes, especially when you have significant assets is a real pain and it's painful on a lots of different levels. And let's say you've never even seen a financial advisor before. Well, that's also painful. And I got to pull these things together. I got to tell this advisor all the financial mistakes I've ever made in my life. Cause I don't care how wealthy you are. You've made a lot of mistakes. Um, and, you know, people, everybody makes mistakes and now you've got to go share this with someone new and you got to go into maybe a planning process and you got to pull all these statements out and talk about all these things. And you're kind of scared because maybe you don't have enough money and people don't actually want desperately want to do it. If they're in some kind of a life transition, they have to do it. But otherwise, it's not like they're just looking for a reason that they can put it off. And we cannot give them the reason to put it off when they get to our website or some online presence, your LinkedIn profile or whatever it is, those are the two most likely places, then we need to get them to want to find out more. Like you said, it's going to take several touches 
But so they go to the website, they go, oh, I really, oh, okay, well, maybe I should continue looking around here. And then maybe they sign up for your email newsletter, or maybe they just check you out online on social or whatever it is. And then they decide to reach out to you. So that business is still coming from referrals, but it is a much longer path. And that prospecting cycle is much longer. And in order to get new clients, you've got to just hit them over the head with, this is the right place. I can't say no to this. And how do you get to that point? It's not by just spending five minutes putting together your website messaging and your social media uh, you know, presence. You, you've got to spend some time thinking about all the things that, that you and I have just been talking about, Claire. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. And one of the cool things that advisors, I think, sometimes don't realize is that Technology and social media marketing make it really easy to do that today. So for example, for my firm, if you go to my website, indigomarketingagency.com, you browse around, maybe you read an article, maybe you saw a post on there, maybe you get my emails. Then when you go to Facebook, there's a pixel that has tracked your behavior on my website. So then when you're on Facebook, you see an ad to watch my flagship webinar, The Truth About Marketing for Financial Advisors. So you've already self-selected as somebody who may be interested in my services. I don't have to do that. I know that you're interested in my services because you've already visited my site. And then this ad will pop up on your Facebook feed to retarget you. And it's just pennies on the dollar of what you would pay for a traditional Facebook ad. Um, And it just shows my webinar to people who may be interested in it. And once they watch my webinar, they spend 30 minutes with me. Then they're on my email list. They get my follow-up emails. They get my offers. They get my weekly blog posts. They get my monthly webinars. And you know, the average time between somebody first visiting my website and becoming a client is about one year. But that is the process that um, is common for advisors too. The average time between somebody becoming aware of your firm or first hearing about you and actually transferring assets is going to be a year or more. And so it's important to be nurturing these relationships and social media makes it really easy to do that. Yeah. So just to kind of close out and let you, you know, impart your recommendations for these advisors listening, can I just ask you, you know, what is the one recommendation you would give to advisors listening about how to stand out from the crowd with their marketing and how to grow their businesses into the future? I would say that your goal should be to try to be different, not to try to blend in. And the, the thought is, is that, well, I've got to do things like everybody else does. I'm going to go to X advisor number one in my firm, and I'm going to see what he's doing or she's doing, and I'm just going to do the same thing. And that is the opposite. Um, and the, the other thing that I'll say is that it's, it's trying to stand out and be different, not trying to be the same by the use of our words. Words is words become the biggest mistake that we make in marketing. We do not message ourselves properly to the exact person that we really want to do business with because we're not talking their language or we're not talking about what they want or we're just not simply talking to them. And so the words that we use are the reason for success in everything that we do in marketing, including your seminars, your website, your social media, um, every your prospecting meetings, uh, your phone calls, your webinars that you might do, or some advisors do podcasts and things like that. It's the words that you're using that are either attracting or repelling people. And if we want to really stand out and be different, we've got to get better at our words. So I would suggest that is the one thing. And by the way, that is so in our control. You don't need to hire somebody to have better words. You need to think about it and really spend some time thinking about it. Now, of course, you could hire somebody like Claire or myself to be able to do that. But 
but ultimately you can do it yourself by just thinking through, are the, am I using the best words? Is my online reputation good? And it doesn't take uh, you know, a, an MBA in marketing to be able to figure out how to do that better. It just takes some time and a little bit of focus. Absolutely. I love that. And one of the recommendations I give advisors who are kind of struggling with their value proposition or their sales process is try out some cold calling. Remember the old days when all advisors out there did cold calling? I started out, my first job out of college was with Northwestern Mutual. They sat me in a cubicle and they said, okay, call all your friends, all your family, all your distant relatives and try to sell them life insurance. And that's what I did. And that's what I do every week with advisors is I'm on the phone 10 hours a week talking to advisors. And that is how I refine my sales process. Because when you're on the phone with a potential client, you can hear when things click for them. You get the same questions over and over. So you realize that the answer to that question needs to be built into your sales process. You can hear when they start to trust you. You can hear when they start to think that you understand them. They start to you know, give you that credibility. They start to loosen up a little. And so cold calling or calling prospects on your old prospect list and listen to the way that they respond to your words can really help the way that you present your firm and your sales process and your marketing language. And so that's just one recommendation that I would give. Um, and so Mary Beth, I know you have a great event coming up with Marie Swift, who's also a guest on this season's podcast. It is the Advisor Thought Leader Summit. It's in Kansas City. I want to invite all advisors out there to attend the event. It's going to be an amazing time to learn about marketing, PR, to actually shoot video for your website. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that so the advisors listening can check it out. Yeah, absolutely. So Marie Swift and I did this last year in Chicago and it was met with such uh, excitement and it, we really wanted to create an experience and we think we did with the feedback that we got from the first one. So we decided to do another one. And so not in Chicago, but in Kansas City, this one, um, it's, it's really how to become a thought leader. So that could be, maybe it's through your use of video. Maybe it's through your use of the media. And it takes some time to figure out, okay, what is my, what is my message? And how am I going to present this to the world? And today, if you can't use video to present things, you're probably missing out on presenting things to the world. And advisors, because they hadn't been able to use video for so long, now can use it much much more reliably than they could before. And uh, compliance departments are more used to dealing with video and how you would use it. And it is one of the greatest tools. It's like you know a seminar. Somebody shows up at a seminar and they're sitting in the back of the room because they wanted the rubber chicken. And then they realized, hey, this person's pretty smart up there. Maybe I should go in and see them. And it's part of the, the process of them sitting in the back of the room and watching this person live, talking and being and sharing ideas. And you go, I like them. I think I want to come in and meet with them. And that's what happens. And that's how seminars uh, work is because you're converting somebody live. That same idea can be done using video. But the problem is we don't know how to use video very well. And so we have best practices. We have um, a woman who is coming in from PBS who is an amazing person in front of the camera and shares best practices with us. I'll talk about messaging and messaging strategies for creating the best videos and the best media interviews. Uh, Marie Swift will talk about those kinds of things too. And then we do an actual uh, video recording of each attendee. 
So you'll do an actual interview and, and we don't do it in front of the whole group. We have a side place where we've learned a lot about how to do this stuff. Then we go and recreate it and we send it back to you. You put it through compliance and you can put it up on your website. Uh, and it's absolutely amazing because sometimes, I mean, it might cost thousands of dollars to get a video recorded. We're doing this for less than a thousand dollars. So it's a really great, it's a super great deal. Um, it's amazing experience. And we've got so many uh, great videos and testimonials from the last time around. And like I said before, that's why we decided to do it again. So that is, uh, that's what we're doing. And it's amazing. The Thought Leader Summit. So it's advisorthoughtleadersummit.com. And it is August 12th and 13th in Kansas City. Awesome. Yeah, I really recommend everyone check that out. Advisorthoughtleadersummit.com. If you want to learn more about Mary Beth and Red Zone Marketing, go to redzonemarketing.com. And Mary Beth, I just want to thank you for being a part of the program and for sharing your knowledge with the advisors out there. Well, thank you so much, Claire. If you'd like any resources from today's episode or from other episodes, go to indigomarketingagency.com slash remember. It's hard to forget that address. indigomarketingagency.com slash remember. 